Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to the Daily Golden Nugget with the Tri Program. I hope you're all doing really, really well and excited for today's episode. Today we are um, joined by Nadia Miller-Goyma. She is a practitioner of Ayurveda and co- that covers herbal medicine, nutrition and lifestyle consultation. She shares incredible value on her Instagram. I'm really excited for you to go over and follow her. We'll let you know her handle at the end of the podcast. And she also gives online consultations as well as massage to her local clients. Thank you so much for joining me today, Nadia. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, it's amazing. And I'd love, we actually spoken a little bit about Ayurveda before in the, um, the tribe program um, with Ellie Quinn. And it's really nice to be able to delve a little bit deeper into what it means for our lives and how we can really take value um, from it, you know, to benefit our day to day. So I'm really excited to speak to you today. Um, obviously, with a little bit of research, you know, I don't know too much about like Ayurveda. Um, but it means science of life. How is that true for you? What does that mean to you? Interestingly, because the words are originally Sanskrit, you when you learn about Ayurveda, you will run into slightly varied versions of science of life. And the first one, the first version that I was introduced to was life knowledge. Um, and mm-hmm. I really think that that plus science of life together give a really great overview of really what Ayurveda is. So um, you learn to interpret your body's signals. You learn to interpret the environment and your needs within your framework of your life um, and how to adequately support your body in health, mm-hmm. which through your own genetics, lifestyle factors, environment, all these things makes you a very unique person. So you really don't need the exact same thing as the person right next to you to be healthy. And so the reason why life knowledge really resonates with me is because as you learn the concepts, um, they actually expand outwards to everything. So we have the Ayurvedic constitutions and methods of describing states of being. And it turns out that they don't only describe your body, (laughs) they describe food and seasons and all these different things so really Mm. you find that you are a part of nature and you're not actually separate from it and I think that's just something that's so valuable as we move forward in our lives and society just to remember that you know we are a part of nature and um, when we listen to our bodies and we listen to the signals that nature is giving us we can very adequately care for ourselves in our own unique way so I think it's just I could go on forever about how wonderful yeah, I think no that's is, beautiful and yeah. I suppose you know like you said like that life's knowledge like we mm. really have to understand our own life don't we it's not about understanding you know health generally but understanding what does our body need um and listening to our body and I think that that in itself is a huge tool but also um, can be a challenge as well. So I really appreciate, you know, yourself and, you know, so many other women within the community, like really talking about how it is an individual journey. It is our own individual journey, but it is incredible. Like, you know, just looking at how Ayurveda speaks about the mind, the body, the spirit, the emotional side of ourselves. Um, and that's like a lot of the things that we really try to um, help people with at modest fitness you know 
whether whatever health goal that you that you have um bringing these three aspects together you're going to be a lot more so much more successful um in getting that healing and getting that positive outcome to occur whatever our health goal is um so i'd love to just like maybe just think of maybe an example or two um of like a health issue for example maybe like fatigue um fatigue another one that um comes up a lot of people is like eczema something like an eczema mm. skin condition um and of course like i'm not asking you to diagnose um anyone like this isn't me like i don't have eczema i don't have fatigue alhamdulillah but um just maybe something that automatically might think oh i maybe they should check this maybe they should check that maybe they could um try this for sure um, something that comes up a lot for me, so you did mention fatigue, and I think we're um, in a time of, you know, human existence where a lot of people are fatigued, yeah. drained, and burned out, and that's something that is honestly usually woven into most of my cases because stress, um, lack of sleep, um, eating schedules that get shifted to the point that they're then unpredictable, all those things really throw your body for a loop because mm -hmm. um, there is a part of you that is always monitoring, right? There's the systems in our body that monitor blood pressure and blood sugar and oxygen levels and all the things, right? And so when you are not meeting your body's needs regularly in a way that your body can predict, then you get the situation where your body all the time is just kind of taking it minute by minute mm. and it's very stressful because our bodies are very habitual you know like we operate optimally when we've done something multiple times like driving or yeah. all these things because our body learns to accommodate what our what goes on in our lives and when you eat regularly or you sleep regularly then your body can get into that habitual pattern that it enjoys. And what I find a lot of the time is related to fatigue is just the self-care, if you want to use that buzzword, just slowly over time goes out the window due to commitments, we'll just say. So first you start off and you've got a new job and you're really busy and you're excited. Oh yeah, this is really great. This is fun. And then you take on another project because you kind of are on that high of excitement, mm. for example. And then somebody asks you to do something else. And then all of a sudden, the time for self-care, you've got a little less time for self-care. And mm. then you've got a little bit less time to do the things you love. And then you've got a little bit less time to be with your family. And then all of a sudden, it feels like, even though it kind of slowly crept up, you're really tired. You can't mm. catch up. And you don't know where to start. And um, a lot of the time, it comes back to what we value. Um, and it's not necessarily ourselves choosing to value work we're kind of in that paradigm right now that's the paradigm we're all living in yeah and so a lot of it is peeling back the layers with people of okay you know slowly bringing back food that's proper for their constitution so in ayurveda we understand that people have very different bodies mm. and people can tolerate different things so also you know bringing them back to foods that are optimal for their body in that moment that yeah. are easy to digest for their body in that moment and 
bringing things back down to simplicity. Mm. Uh, in Ayurveda, fatigue really is related to your long-term, um, we call it your ojas, which is your mental and physical ability to withstand stress and disease. And it's very, it goes way deeper than just your immune system. It really is anything in your body, whether it's, you know, coping skills or, you know, actually your immune system, whatever it is that keeps you feeling good in those difficult times that it's like a it's like a bank mm, <laughs> and yeah. you can kind of keep taking out of it and then people normally come to me when the bank is quite close to empty you know and then there's stress related illnesses that all kind of come together yeah so with that it's really about making things simple again you know bringing people back to the food that's best for them slowly getting them back to sleeping which can be really hard you know yeah. if you get to a pattern and so it's so individual that it is honestly it is hard to say specifically um but a lot of it does have to do with stress and long term the effects of stress on the mind and the body so it goes pretty deep <laughs> yeah I can imagine and you know I think everyone listening to this will probably be like oh yes that's happened to me before um I might have just been able to get control back right at the last minute or um see it see it creep up because sometimes we do get those warnings or those um yeah those sort of like like sirens and we need to sort of like you know hold back a bit say no and I actually we speak about this in the meet to her challenge um about how to set boundaries um because it's really important when we want to do self-care like our workouts like our you know listening to these podcasts is a you know is an act of self-care I think um so how to set boundaries like you say you know you take on another project or you say yes to someone and just really understanding what's best for me in my life right now um and you know my new job might just be enough and um and I can just because no one likes to see the laundry pile up and the fridge go go bare so um how about things like like skin issues um lots of people have like skin issues and like I'm talking more about maybe like eczema or um yeah like maybe psoriasis but I think that they're yeah something like that for sure so in Ayurveda the way that your symptoms prevent present sorry indicate how that specific condition is operating in your body so mm. we don't just say oh this person has eczema we say okay let's look at this person's eczema and look at the quality so some people just get really dry mm. right and just flaky some people get little tiny pustules that then pop <laughs> and it's really uncomfortable yeah. you know, so there, there are different ranges and based on that we would be able to identify a little bit more what's going on in the body so in ayurveda the three constitutions or doshas they are ways of describing the way that your body is functioning and it's in that sense you know you're not just looking at the symptom it's more like the symptom eventually guides you to the root cause of what's going on and so we would look at you know if it's dryness what that constitution would have to do with so there are certain foods for example that increase dryness in the body and there are certain foods that decrease it um eczema and psoriasis even they do have to do in ayurveda with ama so ama is the term for um, toxins circulating within the body um, and when it comes to autoimmune versions of these things um, it really has to do with under the ayurvedic perspective 
of you having, for example, improperly digested food or toxins or whatever the case is for you. And then your body is creating tissue out of that. So uh -huh. that's where the autoimmune version comes in through Ayurveda is that your body now no longer recognizes these tissues as safe and healthy because mm. of the building blocks from which they were built. So that's one of the really interesting things. So then a big issue with skin disorders is like a big cleanse, which, um, once again, there's so much individual consideration that comes into it because in Ayurveda, certain cleanses are more intense and that person would need to have the ojas or the stamina or the ability to handle it because we don't, we don't do deprivation. It's not like making you lose a bunch of weight or certain things. It's removing foods that are causing the problem. Yeah. And some people, you kind of have to go to the bare bones of the Ayurvedic cleanse, which is you eat specific foods and things like that, but it can be depleting if somebody's already feeling depleted. Mm. So whether they do a cleanse or whether they do what we call paleation, uh, which is your cleansing while building healthy tissue at the same time, like it's a little bit more gentle. Um, a big focus is to remove the ama stimulate the metabolism or the agni, which is the, um, agni is the word for, you know, digestion, metabolism, or digestive strength. So strengthening that so that the new building blocks that their body is being created with through food are properly digested and assimilated adequately. And then you build ojas. So then you build the health and strength of the body for that person. So reduce ama manage Agni and increase Ojas. And then we do very specifically for that person, how their um, condition is presenting, which would lead us to their specific foods, their specific herbs and all mm. that stuff. So, but yeah, skin and Ayurveda is very big. Yeah. Something going on internally is showing of course, up. Yeah. That's it. Because I mean, like the skin is really like a mirror of what's going on inside. I think like every alternative medicine, you know, believe believes that um mm -hmm. but it is incredible how so many people are suffering with skin um conditions like eczema like psoriasis like things like that and um traditional medicine um i feel actually has some way to go in in treating in in treating it um so and that's from my own experience and you know people that are around me um but i think yeah like that's why i'd really love for you to speak a little bit about how why it's important to look into alternative medicines when we do have um some kind of health issue um whether it's on you know all all um sort of levels whether it is you know um, mental health physical health um i know you mentioned like you know digestion obviously skin issues um you know fatigue all these things like why is it important to look into alternative medicines such as ayurveda um, and not rely as heavily on traditional medicine, although we appreciate and um, benefit always from traditional medicine. For sure. And I'm so glad you said that before I get into it, because um, some people do think that you kind of have to be either or. And the best the best advice that I've, I was given in my schooling from other Ayurvedic practitioners is best of both worlds will get you where you want to go. Um, so that's a big thing. They're very powerful when they work together. Um, secondly, just, I think people should just get second opinions anyway. Mm -hmm. Like 
with my own experience as a child, I had a lot of health issues. And if my parents hadn't got second opinions, I would be in a much worse place. So just on the basis of, you know, best of both worlds can work together yeah. and get a second opinion and advocate for yourself. So that's just a whole other part. <laughs> but, um, you know, alternative medicine, or if you said, I remember you said earlier, ancient medicine, which it truly is, um, allows you to look for a different perspective just on on a basic level that um isn't always provided with western medicine so you know looking at things from a different perspective and understanding a little bit more hopefully what the root cause is to what you're experiencing so for example ayurveda we say it treats the root cause of disease because mm. the method that we use to look at symptoms is like a roadmap to why is this happening, you know? And so then you would treat the symptom so that the person's not feeling miserable at the moment. And then you also treat the root cause so that the symptom doesn't keep coming back yeah. or, a new, or a new symptom, you know, doesn't come mm. back. And so um, with alternative stuff, whether it's traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, all these other things, um, there's just so much powerful um, knowledge that helps you not just treat the symptom whatever it may be, you will then find a different perspective that will allow you to hopefully get to the root cause of what you've been experiencing. So in that sense, you know, there's so much knowledge within these traditional healing paradigms that goes deep to allow you to not have symptoms popping back up again that mm. you thought that you dealt with, but it really the same causes there. So um, it really allows for that. And at the same time, the whole mind, body, spirit approach, which is also quite common in alternative medicine, also allows you to get to the root cause of disease. Mm. Um, in Ayurveda, they say that the primordial cause of disease is forgetting your true nature, you know, yeah. um, we are, and, and that, and then that then comes within your paradigm of faith. So for us, um, oh, so I was are, just, had, I just thinking of that, <laughs> yeah, you know, like we are the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what does that mean? And when you think about that, what, what does your life mean? And so when people say that the primordial cause of disease is forgetting your true nature, I like to say that the flip side of that is just filling the void, filling the void and not feeling like your life is what you want it to be. So then you search for something else. And then um, just the habits and behaviors that we fall into when we feel like we're directionless or in the other sense, you know, that you're never content with your life and you're keep searching and searching. Um, that is considered to be really the root cause of disease in Ayurveda, because then you're not making your decisions from that centered place of mm. what does my soul need me to do versus what does my ego or nafs need me to do? So that's kind of the, um, the depth that you can go to with that. Yeah. hundred percent. And I just like one thing we were just speaking about, now really made me think about how you know often people um, are put off alternative medicine because they had a bad experience or they went to someone and it didn't work for them for example um, and you mentioned you know Chinese medicine Ayurveda medicine and so many other you know there's Yunani Tib medicine there's so many you know different um, schools of alternative medicine or you know different origins you know like we were saying they're so so ancient um, that it, it it might just not be the one for you or the practitioner for you or the moment for you you know and I think there's um there's never like you shouldn't ever stop searching for what's going to help you in your life to reach optimum health 
um, for example, with, you know, a health issue that I've been, um, you know, I've been, I don't want to say suffering with because it's been an opportunity, but, you know, like what I've been dealing with, um, you know, some points health medicine has really been beneficial. At the moment, homeopathic remedy has been more beneficial. And, um, you know, what's going to be the, the, the medicine that I take or the moment in the moment that I take that's going to, you know, heal it forever with the last permission? I don't know, but I will always like keep searching for that and keep um, working towards that, inshallah. Um, let's speak a little bit about the Ayurvedic origin um, yeah. and how, um, how I know you are a revert to Islam and how when you did become Muslim, um, you know, things maybe got a little bit confusing for you, if that's the right word. Yeah, exactly. So I found Islam after I was 99% done my schooling for Ayurveda. Um, I went into Ayurveda always with the mindset that I just wanted to help people. My first degree <laughs> was in psychology. And so I've always been on this path of I need to help people. I need to meaningfully help people in a way that after I've seen them, I know that I've made a difference. That's been really important to me. Mm. And then I found Islam and I was all so excited and fulfilled. And um, the hardest part was doing different research about Ayurveda and seeing some of the opinions of certain um, scholars or different things like that saying that Ayurveda is not permissible um, due to the people who originally practiced Ayurveda having Hindu faith. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was really hard for me because, you know, when you see somebody saying, no, this, this can't be, and you're new and you don't know maybe where to look for other sources or other opinions or different things like that, I was terrified that I was either going to have to choose my faith or my career that mm -hmm. I had just spent years and yeah and time and sweat and tears <laughs> on um, and then over time as my research continued I did realize that there are different opinions and uh, many people feel as though you know your intention with which you do something is the most important so I guess I should say firstly that I'm not a sheikh or anything so I'm not giving any rulings but um, it just seems like you know, your intention firstly is the important thing. So then that's what kind of took me off the cliff after um, I converted. And then I really realized that, you know, in my education, I was never um, like convinced or anything like that to be a Hindu person. That was never in my education. Mm. They taught us about the origins of Ayurveda so that we know and that we can respect the tradition, which is really important. But I never felt like in my studies before finding Islam, I never felt like a Hindu person. Mm. Like I never did. I mean, know. it's similar, for example, like Yunani Tib is like what people some people call Islamic medicine. Um, yeah, but really it doesn't helped. mean that other people that are not Muslim can't practice it, right? Yeah. And the coolest thing is that Unani Tib and Ayurveda are like really almost similar the same yeah and so that really helped me too was that it's like these people use very similar concepts very similar you know all these different things and so in combination of that I found I said okay you know my intention is helping people mm. I 
never worshipped anything in the name of Ayurveda, right? <laughs> and what I do works. Like I've helped so many people feel better yeah. and move on with their lives that I said to myself, okay, this is where I need to be. It's a beautiful healing science. I've never been, you know, like brainwashed in any type of way to uh, worship anything that I don't want to. So I'm just going to be authentic to myself and move on with it. And I've honestly had many Muslim clients, mm. which is wonderful. Alhamdulillah. I'm so grateful. Um, I love working with Muslim women. It makes me so happy. <laughs> um, and honestly, we've had a great time together and um, they feel good. They feel better. So I just mm. keep on I just keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And I think, you know, really seeing what your life purpose is and mm -hmm. be, like you said, just to help people. And Allah's given you this, um, this way, this path and how to do so. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's like you said, it's been an easy, it's just like been easy for you to, to come to that conclusion in the end and it felt right like an ease on your heart and yeah. you know that sounds like it's um yeah it's meant to be and it was the right thing for you to do so um yeah amazing amazing um let's just talk a little bit about the doshas I know like Ellie Ellie Quinn actually told me I was very Vata okay um, right on I don't <laughs> would you say the same <laughs> Um, I guess without knowing you very well, so we can yeah. always look at, I'm going to rewind. <laughs> when it comes to Ayurvedic constitutions and doshas, we look at two different things. So firstly, we look at long-term traits and characteristics that don't change. So for example, well, in adulthood. So mm -hmm. by the time you're an adult, um, your bone width and length is, is pretty static. Mm -hmm. um, your wrist shape the length of your fingers, the shape of your hands, the shape of your eyes, everything, your physical characteristics that don't change and long-term tendencies are the things that would, to me, give me evidence of what mm -hmm. your original constitution is. So that is determined by genetics and, um, you know, that is seen as your most balanced state to get back to. Okay. Then we look at yeah. current symptoms and physical characteristics that have changed um, over your life, as well as things that you would say, you know, this thing about me doesn't feel as good as it used to. Mm. This is what it feels like now. And that's what it used to feel like. We always compare those things. And we say that that original nature is the goal of Ayurveda is to get you back to that uh -huh. and so without knowing you I could look at your bone structure for example um you know like rather slender uh for example and but there is some pitta there so um mm. With vata, the vata dosha is described by air and ether. So we use metaphors of the elements to describe the states of being. Mm. Vata being air and ether, you think light, right? Um, light, dry, cold. Um, so people with those tendencies, when they get a little bit sick, for example, they might tend towards dryness or tend towards being cold or maybe even tend towards um, like losing weight when they're sick or different mm. things like that. Um, and when they don't feel good, they could also have insomnia, right? You can think like light sleep, um, anxiety, movement of the mind, things like that really have to do with air and ether. So when somebody is in balance and they're feeling good, those qualities relate to like creativity, enthusiasm, yeah. love for movement, dancing, hiking, 
art, speaking, um, things like that. And this, when they go out of balance, they tend towards those light, dry symptoms. Um, So for yourself, I'm not sure if you resonate with those things. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? I've pretty much all of them. there you go so Ellie was very accurate yeah I mean like she she's not like an Ayurveda like um practitioner she just loves India and has traveled a lot around that that part of the world um so we were just speaking you know a little bit about like the characteristics of the different doshas and uh it was yeah it was really fun we spoke about her travels and um but it's nice to be able to sort of dial in a little bit deeper today with you um so you know like you said when you are a little bit out of balance, those are, that's when you're going to sort of see the um, the other side of these different doshas. Um, what kind of things like typically, I know you mentioned stress, of course, like stress is just one of the most, I suppose everything can be um, described as, as stress. Um, but what other things like throw us out of balance? For sure. So um, eating food that necessarily mm. isn't right for your constitution so yeah um, some things like we look at them and we say that's healthy like spinach mm, yeah yeah raw vegetables um some people when they eat raw vegetables their body doesn't digest them properly and they don't get the nutrients out of it because of it and then yeah. they also get like gas and bloating and all these different things so it's also too we've been indoctrinated that certain things are healthy like green smoothies which technically, if you look at the nutrient content, sorry, my cat is trying to get in and she's throwing Aww, her stuff. Let her in, let her in. Yeah, she knows that she can flip the handle, so she jumps at it. Um, so eating foods that is not right, that are not right for your constitution even though they would be categorized as healthy food, your body's not getting what it needs from it and you're not digesting it properly and you have symptoms mm-hmm. right so yeah um, there's so many things because Ayurveda sees that every single thing that you take in through your five senses contributes to your state of health and well-being so what you eat see taste smell and hear all have those effects so just the way that your body has a dosha and different qualities so do all of those other activities and sensory perceptions and so you know I I like to use the example of, you know, if you are feeling really overwhelmed and tired and stuff like that, would you go lay on a hard floor or would you go and lay on a soft bed and like give yourself comforts and little things like that, which really that is Ayurveda broken down to its most um, component parts is you oppose what's going on in your body with the opposite thing Mm. so um people may take in sensory perceptions that are increasing the qualities of what's going on in their body and making it worse and some people could be using their senses to decrease what's going on so if somebody is really angry and they're having road rage and it's hot out and all those things you wouldn't tell them to go sit in a sauna with a red light and eat hot sauce (laughs) yeah you know it's tell that person to go do go get themselves into a cool area eat something a little cold take some deep breaths so it's really about you you use opposition to bring balance Mm. and so you can use your hearing your smell 
all of your senses to really bring yourself out of balance if um, if you're living in a state where you're really not aware of why and how those things affect you, um, which is normal, right? Like a lot of people really don't think about that. And it's just honestly, because of the Ayurvedic perspective, um, being a little bit different than what we're taught in, you know, Western countries or European countries, for example, then, um, that's lost a little bit people kind of don't put two and two together that maybe you know if they tend towards anger that they shouldn't paint everything in their house red yeah because <laughs> you know? these small subtle things um with so this is my hypothesis with western medicine and being able to use a pharmaceutical and have all these like very pointed intense high um high rates of what's the word symptom management that then people think of the subtle things like color and sound and touch and they don't think that they have that big of an effect because we are so used to these overarching super powerful like almost like punch you in the face pharmaceuticals that people forget that your environment affects your health that mm-hmm. the things you smell and see and hear affect your health too so um a lot of people can you know make themselves disharmoniously not feeling that great <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> I do try to avoid judgment or value-based mm. um, words just because Ayurveda is so about no judgment mm. and more about one plus one equals two like why are you in this position let's just undo it instead of yeah. making you feel like a bad person or yeah whatever. yeah so exactly we just try to utilize verbiage that doesn't put a value on the person or the activity or the food or things like and that. and I really appreciate that because I think when people in alternative medicine don't practice that it can actually be detrimental and it's like when people saying they don't have good experiences I remember I went to visit um, an acupuncturist um, after I got married I was on the contraceptive pill at the time and he was like you really need to come off the pill and I was just like, wow, like, um, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Like, I know it's probably damaging my body in other aspects, but my mental health and my emotional state also matters. So I think maybe he could have said it in a slightly different way. Um, and I feel like there was a lot of judgment in there in terms of like actually my relationship as well. Like, oh, you know, just free, you know, like judging the whole situation and um yeah that was that was a bit of a I you know if I wasn't in love with acupuncture and then love with Chinese medicine like which I've been more so connected to because my sisters are, are practitioners um then then I would probably wouldn't have gone back you know but I just found a new acupuncturist <laughs> yeah I feel you sure yeah so thank you so much for joining me today it's been so eye-opening I really hope that people got as much value out of this as I did and you know just we're not saying like go and find yourself an Ayurveda a practitioner today maybe that does feel right to do but just to have you know keep your mind and your heart open that there are so many um, paths to you know finding um, that optimum health or finding support in in optimizing your health Um, so do keep looking do keep searching and keep asking questions Um, and with all that said please let us know where we can find out more about you and what um, you offer.
For sure, thank you. Um, so I firstly wanna thank you so much for having me because I love sharing about Ayurveda. I love answering people's questions. It makes me so happy, so thank you. Yeah, thank <laughs> um, you. Secondly, I, my business name is Northern Lotus Ayurveda. Um, and quickly the significance of that. Yeah, I was about to ask you. <laughs> um, Northern is for me, I'm Canadian. So that's an important aspect for me, but also to when you're lost and you use a compass, you look for the North. Mm. And um, I find that with where we are in our lives, many people, part of the struggle with health and wellness is not quite knowing the direction that they need to go because, you know, somebody can tell you, oh, try this diet. It worked for me, but it's not going to work for you. And maybe you've had a lot of those experiences and you say, I just don't know how to figure out what is right for me. (laughs) And Ayurveda, because of the framework of the doshas and the fact that everybody has their own percentage of the doshas, it's not like a personality test where you fit in box A, B, or C. it allows people to truly find their way with healing. And so that was my original um, idea between Northern and then Lotus in um, Eastern philosophies and different things is a symbol for peeling back the layers and um, you know realizing the truth, whatever that needs to be for you. And so with Northern Lotus, I just found that um, you know, you're peeling back the layers and finding your direction through Ayurveda. So that's my Beautiful. long story. Beautiful. Um, my Instagram handle is Northern Lotus Ayurveda, all one word. And my website is www.northernlotusayurveda.com. So <laughs> it's pretty easy to find me if you can remember the Northern Lotus part. <laughs> <laughs> but it helps that we know the, the origin behind the name yeah. choice. So absolutely thank you so much and I really hope we can continue the conversation really soon and if you like this podcast please let us know let us know in the app get in contact with us and I look forward to speaking to you all really soon thank you so much for having me so I hope you got as much value out of today's golden nugget as I did remember we are here to inspire you to succeed every single day so be sure to tune in daily whether you're in bed driving in the car or relaxing after your workout Listen to these amazing women in our community who are absolutely smashing it. Be inspired, learn from them, make those connections, build momentum to succeed in everything that you do. And most of all, have fun whilst you're doing it because that's what it's all about. And I'll see you all tomorrow.